just listen to my voice. Welcome to the Constant Struggle. I'm Nick Watson. This is a podcast where we talk about uh, all the fun struggles, balancing life and art and creative endeavors. Today is no fun exception. struggles. That's a that's a way to put it. Hmm? Yeah, they don't all have fun to be, struggles. They don't all have to be, you know, horrible. They're necessary sometimes, most of the time. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a. It's just a weird way to start, Free. I like it. Oh, good. Makes you think. Okay. Oh. All right. Way to kick yeah. off. Kick off with a thinky thought. This is episode number <laughs> 82, uh, featuring a writer, a children's writer. Well, she's also a novelist, uh, but has yep. appeared. And a bloggist. A blogger? A bloggist. A bloggist. A blogger. Um, Belinda Thomas, um, part of Nick's writing group in Mississauga, and you'll hear all about that in a couple seconds. But before we get going... Let's do a little catch up. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, let's do a catch up. Uh, right. Editing is is going uh, fast and loose. Okay. Well, fast so is a good I'm, part, but I don't know about loose. Yeah. Um, so I'm editing the short story and I try to do like four pages of my books as well per day. Like that's a good day. Like if I've done that, I've achieved my task. Right. Um. And, and this past week, I've been doing the immersive reader. What does that mean? So if you're in Word and you type immersive reader in the search thingy, uh, shit will read your story out to you. Oh. Yeah. So you can hear your mistakes. Oh, that's good. Because sometimes if you're just reading it, like your brain does that thing where it just automatically corrects things so that it makes sense for you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I've I've done several passes and it's just funny how like you miss stuff sometimes. And what my problem right now is like, I'll make a correction and then move on to another part. And then when I reread, like that correction had a mistake. Uh, all right. Okay. So maybe you like changed a, a tense, but it didn't change the other word that conjugated a lot yeah of or i just wrote it too quick and missed a couple words i see okay yeah and so it, that's it coming along does it I, sound like a ro- robot is it like we bop, boop, boop, yeah like the it's day? not so bad but yeah it's not like so ai that you're like this could be a person hmm, okay a happy medium yeah so uh pretty basic is how i would describe it but super useful oh okay and well, you good. could pick you could pick a female voice or male voice and alter the speeds too oh that that's good yeah like a podcast if somebody's yeah too slow you can speed it up a bit yeah peter man's bridge so full recommend okay uh what uh, so what page are you up to now in your editing or or how far along are you and and is it just the first book you're working on first book nick nods Uh, no 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 i'm in i'm in second book uh i'm nearing the halfway point of the second book Oh, that's cool. So your first book is edited. I've done the pass on it. I'm going to have to go back, but I'm doing the... I want to do the whole series. I'm building my show Bible, my my, my book Bible, I guess. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, cool. so as soon as I do all three, then uh, I'm going to do another pass on my first book. 
And hopefully that'll be the password. It's like I feel more comfortable reaching out to people to get it pub- published. Oh, great. What a process, eh? Yeah. Or what about... Oof. Yeah. Do they suggest you send it out to get published first or send it out to get edited first? Or is the idea that if you send it out to get published, then they'll probably find you an editor? Yeah, that's the idea. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, I've I've seen people suggest, like, don't bother getting a proofreader. Because, like, if you're going to get it published, they're going to do that for you. Mm, that's a good point. But you had uh, but sorry, stuff, I, you? I mean, she, yeah, she's she's my first reader. She does some proofreading. Yep, that's true. I'm just thinking about passing. But she's very, she's too positive. She likes my reading too much. So I get my writing too much. So it's not a bad it's like, thing. Oh, I'm going to win a. <laughs> it's lovely. It's great. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, like, I've already been nominated for the Booker. <laughs> well, she's, I don't know. She reads a lot. And, yep. you know, she likes good books. Right? Yeah. So, it's it, it's, it's better than the alternative. Like yeah, I was gonna say like, um, do you feel like she's just being nice to you, or do you think she genuinely likes it? No. Okay. Wait, I think she what? likes it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Then what's the problem? Nick? She's. She... I don't know. <laughs> it's nice to have. I don't know. Oh, okay. Whatever. Great. Is it a problem? Uh, well, I don't know. It seemed like you yeah. were kind of like well, I don't know. I got her to read it, but she likes she likes my shit. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I guess you're gonna read it to give it to somebody. I need who the you feedback of somebody your... who doesn't like. It. Yeah, yeah. I hate the written word. Let me read your story. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so I guess now it's once you finish editing, it's about shopping it to uh, you know a publicist to of the similar of that kind of genre, or I don't know. I don't know how. Exact Mundo Bree. Yeah, that's exactly it. No, I mean, the, I'm, like, think about it. Like, I'm not going to send it to a. A lady romance. who does romance. Yeah. <laughs> a lady? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, how romantic is the story? Well, there's a fire monster that's killing people in Niagara Falls, and only the psychic knows the truth. Oh, but is the psychic in love with the monster? No, not at all. Oh, he hates well, the monster. Mind, it, then. <laughs> it's, yeah, okay, right. Good, good, good. A secret love story. Oh, but he does fall in love with a librarian that oh. I don't get into until book two. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> all right. Spoiler alert. Not spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like ooh, stay tuned mm-hmm. oh that's fun that's exciting anyway sorry we're uh, that's a lot about me brie what are you up to and then let's get into the show sure i'm doing lots <laughs> mm. lots uh why just today i had to record four self-tapes <laughs> why just today <laughs> that's like old-timey talk yeah i like well i think it's because i wrote I, I did a sketch show yesterday in which um I wrote a sketch for, and I wrote in my friend Chris's voice for his character. And there's something about the way he speaks that it's very fun to give him old timey kind of. Is he actually a vaudevillian time traveler? Like I would believe it. Yeah, I would believe it. We should get him on the podcast. He's a delight. Um, Hey, that sounds like a swell idea, Bray. (laughs) Something like the ice atop Lake Ontario is quite dangerous. I don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Somebody who would say atop. You know, <laughs> this. All right. This for sure needs to happen. Great. Good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. I don't know. Lots of things are picking up again. I did a fun stand up set in Niagara Falls. 
I did, uh, I'm teaching improv in Niagara again. So that's good. We got that up and running again. People are interested in going out. We did a really good Valentine's Day show in Niagara. Like people came to it. Mm, not a real holiday, but okay. Uh, yeah. Well, who cares? Like you could still go and watch a comedy. I just want to shit on it. I just um, want to shit on Valentine's Day. Just okay. want to poop. All right. I also started a monthly show at the Staircase in Hamilton, which is a very cool like theater slash performance venue slash used to be an electric company slash. Oh, venue. wow. Well, you went to the you went to the Staircase. In Hamilton. Oh, is it that theater? <clears throat> OK, yeah, that is a, a hip, a hep happening place. Yeah, we had one show so far and it sold out. So that's good news. The next one's coming up soon. Um, good, good. Yeah, just like uh, rehearsing. Yeah. Oh, I'm a part of a group. I was saying I wrote a sketch for a show that I'm on called Good News Toronto. And uh-huh. that one uh, is going to Sketchfest next month. So that'll be fun. Sketchfest is back. So that's just like a million things. Like constantly. Mm-hmm. There's a million things. And all the while, Dan and I are just trying to sell our house and it hasn't sold yet. So, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Although showings have picked up. So oh, okay. That's a good sign. Hopefully any and, and a couple of the houses in the neighborhood seem to have sold recently. So I feel like any day now. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. But it's just this period. There's like, I don't know. My struggle right now is this period of like the holding pattern of can we just like get to the next friggin' thing, please? Can I just pack up all my shit and move and get into the next place, please? So that we can just like have life and know where I'm going to be and not just be like at any single second, somebody could call and be like, hey, we need to come see your house. Can you make sure yeah. everything is clean? Put everything away. Leave your house for a half hour and then come back. You know, it's just very interrupting and disrupting. Should I say disrupting? Yeah. And most of the time it's like, it's fine if I'm like out of town already, because then it's like, okay, sure. Come on in. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. But if I'm working from home or if I'm working on something or if I'm in a good flow state, you know, it's just a, it's a real (laughs) pain in the butt. So that's my struggle right now, Nick. Yeah. That's, that's harsh. Not fun. Yeah. Oh, hi. We're strangers looking to come to your home. Yeah. Today, my car got stuck in the ice across the street where I had parked to make room for people coming to the house to visit. Thank you, <laughs> so, strangers. Yeah. Well, then, like, these strangers come to the house that I've just, like, parked across the house, like, can't leave my car. <laughs> anyway, then the neighbors came and helped move my car, and I was like, I hope they saw this. <laughs> I hope they saw how helpful my neighbors are. Oh, <laughs> nice. They don't want to move here. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, they have friendly people. Yeah. Man, it was it was nice of them to help because Dan was nowhere to be found. Well, actually, I know where he was. He was at work. Adventuring. And anyway, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so March is looking like it's going to be pretty similar. Ooh, we, like, advance notice. I don't know, two spoilers for the future. One, I might be going to Vancouver for a union conference. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. You too. Uh, we're going to be doing some shows at a winery in Noddle this summer. Oh, we like that, Bree. Yes. We like that a lot. Good. That's going to be very good. I'm looking forward <laughs> What to a that. sozzled crowd. Oh, That'd my be... goodness. It's like, this is what, anyway, I've been wanting to so do. So many people living their best lives. <laughs> I know. I've been wanting to do a winery shows for so long. And there's like stand up winery shows. But for some reason, I feel like an improv winery show is going to be gonna be a real hot ticket oh my goodness that might get loosey-goosey yeah that's 
I hope so. That's my goal. <laughs> my goal is the more Lucy, the more goosey, you know? Okay. Anyway, before we go, Brie, I've, Catherine uh, showed me how to limit your social media time. So I've done that. That oh, is, is it, a, is it like a separate app? No, no, it's on your phone. It's <laughs> in, setting a timer. It's in settings. Yeah. Oh, no, setting a time. It counts how long you're on whatever, like, uh, you click on which ones you would want timed. So I got oh. Fashbook. Yeah. uh twitter and insta okay 30 minutes a day is all i'm allowed and i mean it comes up as like well you spent your time would you like a little more and I'm like no thank you <laughs> even just like yeah asking the question is like you know what i've thought about it as opposed to just doing it blindly without thinking mm -hmm. so brie uh this week Yes. Yeah, it's a great episode. I know you're going to enjoy it because it was a great interview and it, it's got some really great practical tips. It's got mm -hmm. some really great and, and some insight onto how to self-publish, which is very cool um, because the process is, I want to say, easier than ever, right? Um, yep. To get your work out there. So that's um, that's really exciting. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Yeah. And also like look around if uh, you if there are writers groups in your town mm -hmm. that you could join. Like that's a really great way of uh, meeting other writers, other uh, other strugglers. And, uh, you, you know, you could edit their work. They could edit yours. You keep each other accountable, I imagine. There's uh, accountability buddies. Yeah. I like that. You shop at accountability. You smoke an accountability. Hey, all right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so check it out. Here we go. Uh, I hope you enjoy this fun episode with Belinda Thomas. Nick, I'm so excited for today's episode. Uh, yeah, because I invited a guest this time. It's It's been Brie heavy for several decades now, probably. <laughs> of our lives. Uh-huh. So uh, this week, uh, I've invited Belinda Wilson Thomas to join us on the Struggle Pod. Yay! Welcome, well, Belinda. Well, thank you. I was thrilled when Nick asked me if I would like to come on your podcast. Aww. I'm I'm always willing to come on and to share my little story. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Right. So you're a, you're a, a writer, is that correct? I am. Okay. Well, I, I know all that for years. <laughs> I went to a bookstore once and I bought a little book on writing and the cashier says, are you a writer? And I said, um, um, <laughs> I wasn't even willing to say yes. I will be as soon as I finish reading this. Right? I, I think a lot of us are kind of like that. We don't even own our own dreams. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Honestly, that was one of the first things that one of my teachers said when I went to Humber, so I took the comedy writing program at Humber. He's like, uh, it was Larry Horowitz, he's our stand-up teacher. And he's like, if you're not telling people you're a comedian, like if you can't even say it for yourself, then how are you gonna convince other people? How are you gonna believe it, right? So the step one, he's like, step one, you're here, you're all comics now, yeah. boom, put that in your system. So it, it's true and it's, yeah, sometimes it takes a while to, own up to your identity or this new identity that you know that we have to take on and i imagine it must be different for writers too like comedians i don't know we're loud mouths for writers if you're like yeah i'm a writer people are gonna be like oh but what have you written well you <laughs> yeah i think you get that right away brie and you know what it's like if you tell someone you're a comic That's true. Like, tell, oh, me a tell me a joke <laughs> 
Um, actually, I do improv. I'll improvise uh, a thirty-minute oh, long. Oh, this conversation's session. over. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Good day. <laughs> Amazing. So, when did when did this writing journey begin for you, Belinda? Well, I've always wanted to be a writer. I keep a journal, so I got a journal for my for Christmas when I was fifteen, and I wrote in my journal when I was seventeen that I wanted to write, Aww. but I didn't want to be poor. So I, I would not probably write until I was a little older and I've had some life experience and have something that would, you know, pay my way. I think for sure. That's the whole point of this podcast. (laughs) Your 17 year old's brain knows exactly where we're going. How did, how did that, how, what came of that? Did you go out and get a, get a, you know, a job? Did you get the, or did, how did, how did you find your way to not being a starving artist? Well, I grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan. And when I finished high school, I took a bus to Toronto. (laughs) I did get a job. I've had, you know, numerous jobs and, you know, got married. My husband started a business and I went to work with him when we had children. And I wanted to write the whole time. Yeah. Did I? (laughs) It's hard to find time to write and it's easy to find excuses not to write. So heck yeah. This is the thing. But finally, The, the the real truth is my husband brought home an old laptop about 2000 year 2000 and I said to myself well why did you just go buy that silly thing but I took that laptop put it down on the kitchen table and I started writing every night and oh I, brilliant I took um just regular uh line paper and I wrote down when I started I wrote mm-hmm. down when I finished and I wrote down how many words I wrote. Oh, wow. And that was the beginning of the convoluted novel that I have printed, which will never see the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> 250,000 words. Wow. Writing that I call a novel that probably every writer has this, the one that gets you started that you will never publish and never show anybody. Right? <laughs> And then from then, I, I just kept on. And the first novel I published, I started in 2012. Okay. And uh, my son would uh, pop his head in the den and he'd go, Mom, are you going to publish that? <laughs> and I would shrug my shoulders and uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. And he kept doing it. And finally said, okay, yeah, I think I'd like to. And then he started saying, when? <laughs> and I didn't know I I was hesitant to put myself out there I didn't know but I found a I think it's just a little um short not even a podcast but Kevin Kelly a thousand true fans and he was that a blog maybe maybe it's not was a I, book it's not I remember hearing about that and in it, he said that if you can get a thousand true fans, you can build an audience for yourself. And I thought, saying, well, a thousand's not a million. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, okay. And my son had also been on me. Mom, a writer should have a blog. A writer should have a blog. And after I read Kevin Kelly's post, 
I said, okay, let's start a blog. So that was in 2018. Okay. And we started the blog and I thought, well, what do you write? I don't know what to write. <laughs> who, who would want to read what I want to write? But anyway, I started writing and I wrote a post almost every day for 500 posts. Wow. And I then began to feel like I'm a writer. Well, you're certainly doing a lot I, of writing at that point. Yeah, but right? I'm writing. Blog. But I hadn't published anything yet, only mm. just a blog. Right. So then in 2020, so probably about 2019, I, I said, okay, I'm going to publish in 2020. And I really worked hard to do that. But as a woman of a certain age, I didn't think I have time to go the traditional route with mm. the thousands of you know, refusals and, and everything. And after reading Kevin Kelly, I thought I'll, I'll just self-publish. Sure. Yeah. It, it'll be what it'll be and it'll do what it'll do. And maybe it'll never do anything, but it'll be out there. Mm-hmm. And then I read another um, article about whether you should put money behind trying to flog your work, basically. And he said, you, you can't afford to do what you would need to do. What you can do is write something else. Mm. Because put something else out and then you will have more things for people to find. Mm-hmm. Oh, Instead okay. of trying to get them to read what you've already written, put, put, put your time and effort into creating more. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And after I had uh, self-published the first book, I had a challenge with my sister because when our dog died in 2012 I wrote a little children's story basically about it and then, uh, we had a little challenge to write a book in a year mm. and it was to be like a, a children's book and I had no clue how to illustrate but I've always been interested in art and I got uh, one of my son's friends who knew illustrator and he was going to help me and I was trying to show him kind of what I wanted. And he said to me, he said, I don't think I can take what you've done and by um, putting it into Illustrate, like digitalizing it, make it better. And I said, oh, okay. I guess I don't need you anymore then. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And I just started painting my own paintings and put them all together and self-published that in um, October of 2021. Wow. And uh, that was more challenging. It didn't take as long, but that to me was more challenging than writing, uh, like just words. Yeah. Because but it was also easier to publish. Um, I used a program called Canva. Yes. Oh, I it is, it's, it's a Canva is addictive. You know, <laughs> well, and, and you can form, format your whole little book. And I just printed out on my uh, printer in black and white to see how everything looks and make sure that the pages are all aligned and, and, and all of them, you know, co- can correct all my errors. And it uploads to Amazon wonderfully. Oh, all right. Wow. 
Is this yeah. a, sorry, is this a program or website? Or? Yeah, can, Nick, Canva is like, a, it's basically Photoshop, but easier. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. So it's like, yeah, it's like a graphic design software that makes, oh, anyway, it's made my life easier. And obviously it's had a big impact on Belinda as well. <laughs> well, I scan my paintings into the computer uh, with a scanner. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can even manipulate them somewhat yep. in Canva if you want, but you can put all your text over top. Oh, it it is so wonderful. Hmm. Okay, we so we need to get a making... sponsorship here. For Canva, yeah, I wish because they <laughs> I they they take enough of my money as it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. So Belinda, you were doing the drawings yourself, so it's not like you were taking drawings from from Canva. You were drawing. No, no, and no. Uploading. They're all my own. Yeah, oh, that's so fun. Hmm. And had you been like a, a visual artist before, or was that just something that you wanted to take on as part of this challenge with your sister? No, art has been part of my life, my whole life. Oh, great. Right? But. Uh... And I, I started at one point, I didn't know what, because I use a picture on my blog. Mm -hmm. And uh, first I was taking photos and then I started putting my own art on as the picture. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it took me until I was age 55 before I hung up a painting oh. on my own walls. Uh, one of your um, own paintings. One of my yeah. own paintings on my own walls. Wow. So and... it has been a really, a real journey to kind of own my own, my art, my writing, yeah. the, the whole thing. But you've been doing it this whole time, though. That's brilliant. I wonder why, yeah, I wonder why we have such a hard time with that. Why do we have such a, a hard time? Like, what is it the comparison trap? Is it, uh, you know, what's the, what's the word there? The, the, the term when it's comparisonitis? No, <laughs> the one where it's, is where you don't feel like you. Imposter uh, syndrome. Impo is it imposter syndrome? Is it like, why can't we just like, if you're making this beautiful art, how, you know, I wonder why. So what was the piece that you hung up? Can you describe it to us? first piece I hung up I you know I'm not sure which piece I hung up first because once I started hanging up then I started hanging up yes as you should that's amazing so what kind of stuff do you like to I don't know now I'm fascinated it's like we're talking about writing but we're also talking about painting what kind of stuff do you like to paint well I've done some portraits um and on my blog, I put a portrait, I think it was my uh, painting of my mother. Oh. And one of the guys from my hometown put a little a message on my blog saying how, oh, it looked just like how I remember her. Because he would have known oh. her probably in her 50s and 60s, right? Which is what she's 98 now. So, oh, wow. Woo. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's amazing. But, okay. but and landscape and some abstracts and. I just oh. like went onto your blog real quick and just sort of, you know, scrolled real quick and I see this one of an of an elephant, like a mommy elephant and a baby mm -hmm. elephant. It's beautiful. That's very nice. My goodness, that's so. Ah, uh, I love it. I love it. And I, it, it makes it hurts my heart that we can't, you know, like that we can't just, um, you know, that it that it we have to wait sometimes before Whoa. we're 
Yeah, I guess whatever. The We're still doing it is, though. Yeah, the important thing is that you put that painting on your wall, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what helped me. Oh. I had joined Toastmasters back before I was getting married, but then for 30 years, I wasn't a part of Toastmasters because I was too busy with work and kids and everything that put Toastmasters on the back burner. <laughs> so in 2016, I had started thinking that I would publish by then my son, had, you know, kind of pushed me a little. And I rejoined Toastmasters because right. I thought if I ever were to get an opportunity like today, I want to, you know, sound intelligent and make a little bit of sense. And Toastmasters, if people are hesitant about putting themselves out there toastmasters i think is one of the best organizations because everyone at toastmasters wants something mm. all all different things some people want to get ahead in the job some people want to get ahead just for public speaking but everybody wants to get ahead somehow so you are surrounded by a group of people where everybody wants more than what they have and that gives you the courage gave me the courage i was being introduced by one by he was my mentor in toastmasters and he asked me what my dream was and i went out on a limb and i said i would like to write and be published and do some public speaking and he mentioned that and he said oh yeah i can really see that right and I thought, well, why did it take me so long to just say like that little sentence? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, we get stuck in our heads, eh? But that's so great. I, I love that you brought up Toast. This is the second time just within this month that I've had people just sort of sing the praises of Toastmasters. Uh, so Are you going to look up the, the local chapter, Brie? Maybe you can get a, a Toast slash improv night going. We should. Well, there's one of my one of my current students here in St. Catharines is uh, is uh, I don't know what they call them when they're like higher up and they start leading the groups or whatever. But anyway, a head toast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but what, what, a, what a cool organization. And, and I can imagine that having everybody there, like you mentioned, who are also goal oriented, it can be very motivating, right? Because yes. if it's just kind of you on your own, we were talking, I think, were we talking about this a, a bit? If, you, if it's just you on your own, it's hard to get motivated. But if you're surrounded by a group of people and they all want to elevate themselves in some capacity, mm -hmm. then that's really, that's that get, that lights the fire under your tuchus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does and also, you almost feel you have to be a little accountable in a way. Yes. If, if everyone else is moving forward in whatever it is that they want, then you feel, well, I, I want to be able to move forward too. Yes. And everyone is applauding everyone's movement, even in very small ways. So it isn't as if you have to do some major thing. You know, it's like... Yeah. You're getting kudos for every little thing that you do, which is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm sorry. This is, it's so translatable to improv as well. So this is why I'm really excited about it because we, that's the point. The point is to celebrate every little step along the way. And I feel like sometimes that is not our, it is not our 
uh, default to celebrate no. these things, you know? Because you, you equate it with kind of bragging a little bit, but sure. no, you got to appreciate the things in life that are fun. And that you love and that, and that yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And that, and that move you forward. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what I'm, I'm just taking notes, Brie. Uh, so Belinda, the uh, accountability, you were saying that the, the Toastmasters bring to you. Uh, when you mentioned telling people you're a writer, I think that's another instance of creating accountability for yourself. Because if you're going around telling people I'm a writer, you best be writing a little bit from time to time. Exactly. And that's why that little competition between my sister and I, and you know, she didn't end up writing a book. But Uh-oh. I did. <laughs> you won. <laughs> then and then I got a little bit of recognition from the art gallery of Mississauga because I took a mm. course through them, and we were having a little celebration for the course. And I had already done the whole year with my sister, but I wanted to continue this little writing challenge because it was so good for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I met some other people there and they said oh yeah I'd like to write a book so I have about 10 people (laughs) or so now and I send them an email every week we've done a zoom call occasionally but but not much and I think that that kept me accountable as well so that I could say okay then I had to finish the second novel you know which (laughs) I did last February and then I have a, a second children's book coming out in March and by being able to write every week And I was telling Nick, I had set my published date for the second children's book, March 7th, or no, February 7th. And then it seemed like it was getting to be too close. And I thought, oh, I better back this up. I backed it up to March 7th. But then I realized I actually could have made it. Mm. But I had put in my little writing group that I had backed it up. And one of my things that I really want to do is encourage other people because there aren't a lot of people that care about your art or about your writing or about your improv unless they are also part of it. Like my family mm-hmm. could kick for the most part, except for my son, my son and his daughter. Like everyone is supportive, but it's not their thing. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I had an opportunity. I did a comedy night through Toastmasters. Oh, Only amazing. time I've ever done that. And nobody from my family showed up. Uh, well, at, yeah. at the same time, that must have been maybe a little bit easier on you because you didn't have to worry about them. Well, true, true. But public speaking is no joke, though, guys. That is hard to do for a lot of people. Comedy's harder, though. Well, yeah. I mean, comedy is harder. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so, okay, t- uh, I, first of all, you keep mentioning your son, and I think that it's so wonderful that you have such a great cheerleader in <laughs> your son, right? How does, I wonder, is he also a very creative uh, individual? Does he write? Does he do art? And, and how, you know, tell me a little bit about him and, and how he has uh, developed this, I don't know, become such a big cheerleader in your, in your uh, life here. I don't know. He just was kind of a, a, you know, like, come on, mom, get out there, you know, do something with it, kind of. And now he's doing a seminar on real estate on Sunday mornings. Oh, great. Yeah. So I maybe was a little bit of an example 
Yeah. Perhaps, you know, because it's funny. I used to say things and I would hear him say the things that came out of my mouth, but as if he thought of them himself. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> well, at least it got in there, right? At least it sunk in. <laughs> well, I think so. And I think the problem is we have to give our kids enough room to, if we're always telling them, they have to revolt. It's part of being a teenager. Right. So we have to somehow let them make the choices themselves. And a lot of them, if we will trust our children, they will actually make the choices that are best for themselves. But it's, mm. hard. it's hard being a parent. Yeah, well, Nick, Nick can attest. To yeah, that. we're getting there. Both of them are now teenagers, so we're getting the rebellion a little bit. And you don't want to tell. I remember when my son was young and I was saying, oh, he is so stubborn. I was speaking to my dad <laughs> and he said, oh, but that's a good thing. Oh. Like you need you need to have the strength of character when you yeah. grow up. So he but was already thinking ahead. Not just when you're teaching them when they're a little kid, but you need them to grow up so they can be strong men because heaven knows the world needs more strong men. Yeah. But we're getting into a whole nother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People with strength of character. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A a world of people who have uh, convictions and who can, you know, stand up for what they believe in. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I'm interested in your books. Can you tell us a little bit about your? Oh, Nick, you're Nick's going to his. He's no, that's right. We should get it to my... you. No, no, not at all. Like because okay, uh, yeah. we we just went right past the your self publishing. <laughs> okay, my first novel. It's about a girl who was given up for adoption, and she's having trouble. She's a mm. she's a, she's a tormented soul. And her adopted father, who's estranged from the adoptive mother, calls up the birth mother and says, you have to take her for children's aid. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, the birth mother has not told anyone that she had a child that she gave up for adoption. Right. And it's them, it's the troubled teenager kind of learning there's another way because she had thought, the life she saw her adoptive mother have, very negative, was the only life that she could have. Mm. And yeah. So it's uh, going from bad to better. Right. Mm. Novel. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, that's like a, it's Dickens. It's, a, oh, what is it called? The Bildens Roman? When it's a story about like a kid growing up? learning the way yeah it's, it's young adults okay it's yeah it sounds like there's a lot of you know like a lot of uh, emotion to process in there a lot of life yeah, a lot of life <laughs> what shoot belinda what's the book called <laughs> secrets and sorrow ah and where how were you inspired to write this well, I'm, I've known some troubled people in my life. Fair, sure. And yeah. what I did is I haven't written a story about anybody, but I have taken bits and pieces from everybody. My mother was my first reader and said, oh, I know who that one is. Oh, I know who that <laughs> one is. <laughs> so, 
but that's i mean that sounds like it sounds like it, 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 you were inspired by people in your life people that you know people that you've come across and and maybe it's more i wonder if it's more like you you know all these people and you get a sense for the emotional maybe i don't know if i want to say suffering but the emotional challenges that they're going through and and based on that maybe you're challenge challenge what's the word i'm trying to say channeling that that i don't know general sense of being into work into into your writing maybe i wanted to explore what i thought would change a life oh what would nice. turn a child who if everyone would know was going nowhere and have them turn around and be someone they could be proud of and others would be proud of them wow yeah that's huge yeah that's wonderful what did the process of self-publishing look like for this particular book okay i learned that amazon is who you self-publish with <laughs> it is incredibly uh, easy is not the word it is daunting it is you think you can't do it but the tools are out there to learn exactly what you need to do. Oh, cool. Right. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's nowhere near as hard as people think. You don't have to pay anybody. You can actually publish for free. And I know you can because I have. Great. <laughs> and the reason why I did it for free is because I didn't want to go to my husband, of course, and say, well, you know, if you could just give me $10,000 for anything. <laughs> no worry. No right? big deal. Yeah. No big deal, right? <laughs> and there is a program which I use, which is called Pro Writing Aid, which helps you edit. Okay. And I also had read a, a blog post on editing. And... Uh, the guy was saying, don't bother to waste your money on editing because you can't afford the kind of editing that would really make your book stand out. Hmm. So you're going to get someone who's going to change commas and put in a, post, uh, a different, you know, punctuation. Yeah. But that isn't what is going to set your book apart. Like you, you can't afford the kind of editing, like he said, you can't afford the kind of editing. So do the best that you can make it as good as it can be get some people to read it get some people to give you some feedback use the feedback make it the best that you can put it out there write another book and right. i thought okay i can do that <laughs> and that's what i did and for my cover i took some photos of a sunset <laughs> one night long before I was planning to look for the cover, but I always liked those photos. And so that's what I used. And I used it for both novels. Oh, that's great. And that, it's it's your own photo. So you didn't have to pay somebody at the right. I had found some nice, I found a really lovely photo I liked in Canva. Mm -hmm. And it was a butterfly and I thought, well, that's a good metaphor for transformation, which is my novels all about. And then I started thinking how many other novels or any other kind of creative 
project or people can go, that's a lovely picture. It's going to be everywhere. Mm. So I just, I used my own and I added on the second one, I added some extra. Okay. Because there's a horse in the second book. So I put a horse on the picture on the Boom. <laughs> of my second one. Great. And is the second one, is it connected at all to the first one? Is it yes, completely? Yes, yes. It's a okay. series. Okay, so wonderful. I'm working on book three. I think I'm going to end it there. Okay. I'll end it at book three. Yeah, trilogies are, yeah, they're nice. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then and you, so, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, uh, well, from all the self-publishing podcasts I've listened to, um, having a series is great because not only are you selling each individual book but then you could start marketing the the series as a whole to be purchased as well so it's like every book is getting double sold right and people have something to look for Mm -hmm. and it's also easier you already have your characters now you can't just write the same book though i mean no yeah you know, now they have the same situation, only like slightly different. You, you, <laughs> you have to do a little a little thinking. But when you're doing a young adult, you have a lot of scope because there's a lot of growth that happens mm-hmm. in those in years. Those yeah, for sure. Right. And yeah, it's a whole different set of challenges that your character is going to have to go through as well. Well, and in book two, I, I put COVID in it, actually. Okay, yeah. Which, well, I mean, it, it, it was such a huge, it had such a huge impact on so many people. Of course, we should be talking about it. We should be reading about it, how it impacted, uh, you know, us every, in, fiction, in fiction or otherwise, right? The world. Yeah, absolutely. This is wonderful. And do you have any, I wonder if like after having, so this is beyond my scope, just for context, I always end up bringing comedians on the show. And then we talk about things that I know about, but I don't know about self-publishing. So what can you, does Amazon have it so you can find out any details about your readers, about the people who are buying your books? Like, do you learn any demographic information? Do you learn like where, where are they from? What age are they? If you're writing young adult, presumably, you know, younger people are reading it. Do you get any of that kind of uh, information? I don't believe that you get that. Like you would know where it is sold. Sure. Yeah. Right. So if it's sold in the UK, you would know. If it's sold in America, you would know. Um, But no, I don't think at least I have, I haven't seen it. Okay. And I haven't watched a lot. You know how they say a watch pot doesn't boil. So <laughs> I haven't tried to get into the minutia of either the blog or because it can be so demoralizing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you don't there are months, sales. there are no so- sales. Like I get it yeah. deposited to my account if I have any royalties but there's months where there's no royalties and you have to be okay with that absolutely absolutely so yeah well I'm more uh, yeah I was just more curious as as to like what so when you self-publish what what information do you get back and and not that that's the point right the point is you've created this piece of art and you've put it out there for other people to enjoy like that's the main you will be you're going to be getting some feedback in your reviews. Okay. Oh, great. So people who have bought your book, read your book, they'll leave you some reviews. You really want to get reviews. Great. 
And it isn't that, easy to get reviews necessarily. I've been I've been lucky. I've had some people leave reviews. Great. And nice reviews. Good. And <laughs> and you don't want everyone to only go like five star, five star, five star either, because that doesn't resonate with people that it's reality. Right. Yeah. You know even though a lot of people they do they, they they give you five stars because they know you and they're so proud of you that you actually did it it's worth five stars <laughs> yeah. yeah and some people i think even like i'm thinking just like reviewing products in general sometimes they'll be like okay great five stars and then they'll be like write a review and i'm like i don't know i don't have time for this you know yeah. But, <laughs> so but yeah obviously people will be people will resonate more with words as opposed to just a five star rating they'll resonate with like, oh, is this the kind of, you know, oh, is this going to make me feel the way I want to feel? Is this going to make, you know, are these characters relatable? Are these, did that, <laughs> uh, I'm trying, I'm like, all right, how do I resume? <laughs> how do I summarize a review? Uh, yeah, no, so you've, you've gotten That's basically it. Right? Yeah. So you've gotten lots of good reviews. Uh, and, and some, I would say some. some. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take it. Uh, more than one positive review. Fantastic. Some. And, and how does that, does that, do you find that motivates you to keep writing? Do you find, or is it just kind of like, is it just kind of like a nice, is it like the cherry on top? You've written something and people have enjoyed it and that makes, and that's good. It's, yeah, I look at it as the cherry on top because if you are too other motivated, meaning you need someone like you can't be needing pats on the back, you can't be needing a seat <laughs> in the seat of the pants, you need to be able to do it because it feeds your own soul. If it isn't yes. for that reason, and I don't think you should be doing it to necessarily get rich because, you know, you could work at Walmart part time for right. <laughs> money. So but you don't have a book written working at Walmart. Like there's a exactly. lot of perks. Just like it's really nice when you hold your own book yeah. in your own hands. And, you know, if I show someone, especially the children's book and they're paying through and it's, oh, this is so nice. Oh, I love the vibrant colors. Oh, that makes you feel, you know, like it's it's something. Yeah, it's something. Know? And you made it. That you made that came from you. Yeah, yeah, that's really lovely. Um, and do you, what does the future look like creatively for you? Do you want to keep writing? Did you, is it mostly, uh, is it, is it to continue with uh, self-publishing or, you know, now that you have some pieces written, do you, do you take them to a publisher? You know, how does that look like for, for you? Or are you looking into the future? Or are you more just like, I'm going to just keep writing, just going to keep putting words on the page? I have a goal of trying to put out at least one book a year. Great. I might move more into just the children's okay. and not so much the novels. I I have to be so careful about what I say mm -hmm. because of the times we are in. Of course. In children's books, you don't have to because you're not getting into any of that. Right. And if I were to get into it in a children's book, it would be in the picture, not in the words. Hmm. So, but also I think that children are where you... I would make the most difference. 
Because okay. if you can encourage a children, a child to read, like J.K. Rollins did it for my son. Right. And I don't know if if she wouldn't have written the Harry Potter books, maybe he wouldn't be the reader that he is today. Man, that's true. She got so many people to read who were. It was massive. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So as um, a writer who can maybe try to get children to have a love of literature, I mean, calling my children's book literature, it's a little <laughs> of a step up. I get that. It's still <laughs> literature. <laughs> but we want our children, like I read something and it said, children do better even if they live in homes that have books that they are not read to. So just the have, like just just having the books be just here. the books. <laughs> wow. So it's it's really, really important. I mean, of course, of course, now that we ha- are all computerized, our kids are learning to read that didn't learn to read. Like when I was a kid, a lot of kids didn't learn to read and they never there was never anything to push them to read. Right. Unless they wanted to read. But now to get into a com- on a computer, they, they learn to read. Right. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Right. So our children are much more literate now than they were like a couple of generations ago because you had to choose to be literate. Mm. Yeah. And like everything, all the culture is online now, mm-hmm. also, also especially for like, kids. Mm-hmm. I also feel like, um, you know, like if somebody had, let's say, a reading a problem with reading or a reading, you know, like a disability of some kind. It wasn't as easily diagnosed back then. I oh, guess. no, you were just yelled at and exactly, beaten exactly. until you read better. <laughs> and which you didn't do because you were terrified. <laughs> yeah. 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 Reading sucks. That's where people hit me for not doing it. Well. Exactly. Yeah. You build negative associations with it. Okay. So that's wonderful. So your path is to just to continue down writing books for children, motivating them to read more, telling them stories, or just even having story, <laughs> having stories for them to read. Exactly. And if a publisher knocks on my door, <laughs> I'm open. But I don't think I'm going to chase them. Great. Because I think that's... I've heard that some people, you know, like once you have a little bit of a catalog, they might come knocking mm-hmm. on your door and we'll see. It'd be a great retirement plan. Right. And what do you do? What do you do during like, what is your, do you have the non-writing job? If you don't mind my asking, or is oh, it something? My husband do? and I do mechanical design for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, in the summer, it's cool, Brie. In the winter, <laughs> in the, it's, in the winter it's hot. Winter. Yeah. Hey, we, we give you heat or air conditioning, whatever you want. <laughs> Perfect. Wonderful. And it's so specific and it's so, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's so like, um, you know, the opposite of children's literature, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let's, okay. let's talk about writers groups. Oh, great. Belinda, because yeah. that's where I got to, got to meet Belinda. And we, we were just at our Mississauga writers group meeting yesterday morning. And I think someone had brought up like not, not knowing if they should call themselves a writer or not. And I thought like, it's such a huge step to go to a writer's meeting. That's uh, yeah. massive. I feel like that's one of the big, the big hurdles you you get to do uh, on your writing journey. How many people are in your group? I think yesterday it was like seven people online and about seven in the in the room. Oh, cool. 
Is that about right, Belinda? Do you remember? I think that's about right. But I think we have a lot of members who don't actually show up. Mm. Sure. You know, like, I think Elizabeth has a, a bigger group. But for me, the writers group has been huge. Now, I did join, uh, I, I went to a writers group in 1989. No, actually, probably 1990. Was mm. Between having my son and my daughter. And I didn't like that writer's group very much. Oh, okay. They were very, okay, so it was a critical writing, writer's oh, group. Right. Where you, you read your work and they criticized. And Ooh, back in the 90s as well, there must have been some opinions back then. <laughs> well, some of these women who were like like me, right, let's say young mothers, were writing yeah. about, you know, <laughs> being pregnant and, and people were going off on them. Oh. They, didn't like the idea. Oh yeah, the, uh, the whole. I think it was. I don't know. I think they were in solidarity with people who might have had an abortion or something like I that. See. Oh sure. Didn't okay. Want yeah. You to really be glorifying the pregnancy. I, wow. I think it was, yeah. I think it was odd. It, yeah. it was. It was quite odd. But it was very. Like people would put their heart out on a string. For these people to just tear, (laughs) and it's just like it's like a writers group too. It's not like you, you know. It's not like if it was like Stephen King giving me his opinion. You know what I mean? I would be like, he would give you a good opinion too. It'd be very creative and you know. But if it was just a bunch of other, you know, like other, you know, people at kind of a similar level just tearing down my stuff. Oh, that would I would not be happy with that. I can imagine why that is not a positive, especially if it's like, this is my story, just because my story doesn't fit your, your feelings are stupid and wrong. Uh. (laughs) Well, and, and no one is, um, reading. Well, I did. I read probably what I will publish yesterday, but most people aren't because they're not that far along. Right. If you're too harsh, you may make it so they never pick up the pen again. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like that's a thing. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Elizabeth never did. Um, so does have, is Elizabeth the person who runs the she, group in she started about oh, wonderful. years ago? Okay. And she did not have it so that we were um, critic. I'm missing the word here. We were we were not um, looking at the work and giving feedback. Okay. Until we just started doing it. Now we're doing it about every three months. And if you want, you put your work out, maybe a page or two pages. Yep. And we will give you a bit of a review on it. But every week, month, we can read our work, but nobody gives you really any feedback. And I think the reason why is she she also had that opinion that the, the people are just being too critical in yeah. some in some of these other writers. Mm. Okay, it, right. Not everybody She's very is supportive. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah. It's a it's a thing on its own to be a book reviewer, you know. Yeah, we're not the, like, yeah, it's not the New York Times. Exactly. It, yeah. So we, we did ours last month and we had a, a newer writer. She was very, oh, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but reticent to do it. And then people gave her, I like this part of your book. Mm-hmm. I like this. And Positive then the negative, 
the negative feedback, if you can even call it, it was like, uh, maybe you could say a little bit more about this, sure. you know? And she was, uh, what's the opposite of upset? Like when you're like so emotional. Elated. I wouldn't go that Relieved. far. Yeah, there was a very huge, tr she was like super appreciated it. And she was back this month. So I think, I think we've got ourselves a new writer in the group. Well, I think so. And one of the things you learn in Toastmasters, because we give evaluations mm -hmm. after a speech and we give positive, use a sandwich, right? Positive. Shit sandwich, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the hardest part to me, being in Toastmasters is being an evaluator yeah. where you have to, you know, because sometimes some people's speeches are really, really bad. So mm. it's hard to find, you know, the good. And some yeah, a low good. carb shit sandwich. Right. Well, the thing is, no matter what, kudos to you for stepping up. You got like, right off the bat. Like yeah. that's the thing. Kudos to you for stepping up. Right. Yep. You know. But some people, I don't know what kind of expectations they have. Either <laughs> they're four score in seven years, <laughs> right? But I, I think our writers' groups can get quite a bad rap. Mm. But the Mississauga's writers' group is excellent, very encouraging. I'm sure. I, you probably use your experience as an evaluator in Toastmasters and use a similar system to evaluate the readers who are Absolutely. looking for feedback as well, right? So, Absolutely. And yeah. it's great if you're a parent because you, <laughs> you need to use the same skills. Yeah. Because you can demoralize your children just the same as you can demoralize anyone else. I bet. Oh, man. Jeez, that's one of the reasons I'm not a parent. <laughs> You're missing out. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. It's not my podcast. It's about Belinda today. Uh, that's great. So, how often does this group meet, and um, where can where can they find you? If, the, if where can any you know if there's any listeners who are like, oh man, this sounds like a great idea. Well, we part of it. We do it once a month on the second Saturday of the month, and uh, there's the Facebook like page and the Facebook group for the Mississauga writers group. Right. And this and is different than the, than the Belinda, you said you had a group of people uh, on zoom sometimes that meet. That's this. Is oh yes. Group? That's just a little, I call it the 10, 25 challenge. Ah. And that was just the date. It was the 10th or uh, it was October 25th when okay. I started. And... Oh, that's great. So that's like a writing challenge. That's something different than a, a group of yeah, people. For anyone who wants yeah. to write a book, they could just be part of my little email group and I encourage and get encouraged. Great. That's great. Um, all right. Now I'm going to go into the other part. Nick, are you ready for this? Are we, unless you have other questions? No, I think we're there, Bree. Okay. So yeah. So my, one, one of the big parts of this podcast is to explore some of the struggles, how uh, some of the struggles balancing this career as a writer with everyday life, with being a parent, with having the day job, uh, is there anything in that department? Is there anything? What's a, what's one of the kind of struggles that you have to deal with to balance this art? For me, finding time to write, I always said I didn't have any. And of mm -hmm. course, we all only have our 24 hours a day. So if we need more time, we'll never do it. Right. But 
once the kids were raised, but they weren't raised yet in 2020 when I kind of started writing, but I have made writing a habit. Mm. I write every morning. Oh. And I paint in the evening. So I, I've got mm. those two as a habit. And the thing is, if you don't set up a time to do it, when you, if you're only going to do it when you feel like it, you won't get a lot done. Right. But this is what I have learned. So I have to, and it isn't, discipline works really well, but a habit works better because you don't have to think about a habit. Just like we don't think about brushing our teeth in the morning. We just get up when we do it and it's done. Mm-hmm. So I just get up in the morning and I come down, I turn my computer on, I put my dog outside, I grab a coffee and I sit down and on Mondays and Thursdays, I write a blog and every other morning I write my novel. Oh, I like that. And I don't have to do a lot of words to feel as long as I have done something, then I've done something. And that, and because... (laughs) Because it isn't how much words you put on the page, because sometimes the writing actually happens while you're doing the dishes or while mm, you're yeah. sleeping and you wake up in the morning and go, aha. But if you had not sat down, mm-hmm. you didn't have it in your mind to get the aha. And a lot of writing is aha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aha, yes. And so how did it... How did that practice start for you? Was it just like all of a sudden one day you're like, this is it. Every day I'm doing this. Like when did you have that moment or or was it something that you had to build towards? Or Because I'm reading right now and I've told Nick about it a couple of times, this James Clear's book called Atomic Habits. And what you have described is exactly what he describes. It's you have to make it automatic you make it so it's not difficult, like get rid of any boundaries that you might, or not boundaries, anything that would stop you from, you know, just doing the thing you want to do, make it as easy as possible. Uh, So how did you, how did that come about for you? Because again, people are going to say like, well, well, I wish I could do it. I wish I could just write down first thing in the morning, but, 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 but. So how did, how did you clear away the excuses? Okay. So I told you when my husband came home with that first little laptop and I set it down on the kitchen table. So I would put the kids to bed and they were still young. Then I would put the kids to bed and then I would write. And one of the things with a habit is I do something and then, Mm -hmm. so I would put the kids to bed and then it was my writing time. So that wasn't in the morning. That was in, in the evening, but that started the habit. Great. And then when I started the blog, I only had the morning if I was going to do the blog. So I just had to set my mind and I started doing the blog every morning. And then, so I did that for 500 um, posts. So like that's in a while. And <laughs> I said, I've got 500 posts. So I'm going to cut it down. And I'm going to take that writing time for my other writing. Otherwise, I didn't see how, because I, you only have so much time. And a blog was taken up quite yeah. a bit. So that was when I started using that time to actually get that novel, first novel, ready to publish. But it took a lot more time than that. I mean, once you really get into, you know, 
you 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 have the time that you dedicate and then they have the time because you already dedicated that time but now you have a goal so now you find more time to dedicate and and you just have a little bit of a snowball effect what does start with finding the time in the beginning and once you get so that you're writing every day if you don't write every day you miss it yeah and if i don't write every day like i can only go a little time before i have to kind of prime the pump you don't mm-hmm. just sit down if you haven't been writing every day and just yeah. get right back into it. But if you do, you kind of can. You just you leave the sentence and you come back and you just start where you were and then you leave it when you have to. And that's what I find works for me. I love that. I love kicking that the can. Yeah. Uh, so and you said it's not the goal isn't it's not necessarily a word count. It's, it's not a time count. It's just sit down, write for as long as it takes every day. And That's I have amazing. a time, like I have to be finished by 8.30 because I have okay. to get ready for work. Sure. Wow. That's, yeah, that's some early morning writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. I think people will find that very helpful too, uh, to know like, yeah, even if it's squeezing it in before you have to take off to go to work, mm-hmm. you know, put, to put in the time. And I, yeah. And I think it's the same thing, like you're saying for writing, it's the same thing that people say who want to go to the gym every day or who want to, oh, yeah. whatever skill in particular, right. It's just like schedule it, put it in your calendar, do it. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. Just do it. Nike. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Another of our show sponsors. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, this is wonderful. Nick, do you have any other questions? Uh, because otherwise I know for sure we're going to put up a link to your, is the blog something you still update or is that? Uh, yeah, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Twice a week. Twice a week. Great. So we'll put a link uh, to your blog and to uh, your books, your right now three books. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll make sure people keep, uh, do you have an Instagram or any social media as well where people can? I'm follow? on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Perfect. We'll put all of that information up on our page so people know where to find you and where they can read your stuff. Uh, other than that, Nick, did you have any other questions or thoughts? Oh, and when or... your when your your next kids book comes out in in March, we should do a post as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, I love oh, that's it. great. Yeah. Well, well, this has been so helpful and uh, very informative. I learned a lot, Nick. Do you? How do you <laughs> feel, Nick? Do you feel motivated? I. I... I just, uh, I feel really lucky to have gone to the Mississauga Writers Group and like knowing that it is a nice group as well. <laughs> we're oh, we're pretty yeah. lucky to have it. It is fabulous. That's great. Well, hopefully Oh yeah, this... I guess that would be my advice. Like if, uh, if you're a writer, like we were really pod, um, improv heavy on this here podcast. Yes. But if you're a writer, <laughs> look, look around your town. See if there's like a community writing group going on. It's probably at a library somewhere. <laughs> and if you go there and it's a bunch of bearded hippie uh, uh, hipsters, don't bother. Just keep walking by. But if it's <laughs> a, a bunch of nice looking people, then go in. And you said uh, bearded hipsters aren't nice. Mm, eh, maybe less with the writing. <laughs> I'm going to judge. I, my beard is in right now. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Belinda, yeah. did you have any other, any last minute, any, anything else you would like to leave us with anything, any tips or, uh, you know, little insights or anything? Well, Nick had say um, about the balancing of life and work. So to me, you have, we have these balls, mm-hmm. family and life and work and we can't keep 
too many balls in the air. Mm -hmm. And so I have set some balls down and picked them back up. Postmasters was a ball I set down and I picked back up. And writing was a ball I set down and picked back up. Family is the ball you cannot set down. Mm -hmm. If you drop the family ball, it will break and it will shatter. Mm -hmm. So that's the ball you have to really <laughs> be careful with. And all the rest of the balls, because you can lose your job, lose your business, start a new business, get a new job. You can, well, I think it's, it's probably even better when you're a writer later in life because you actually have something to say. You don't yeah. know yeah. anything when you're so young. Right? Stand-up comedians when there's a bunch of like 19-year-old stand-up comics. It's like, what do you know? What do you know? What are don't you, you hate about? homework? <laughs> Right. Uh, but they think, you know, oh, well, you know, we, we really know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. What I think is you may be too busy mm. to write. You may want to write, but maybe it doesn't fit in your life right now. And that does not mean you cannot write. Mm. Like maybe you're writing bits and pieces that you will use when the kids get a little older. But don't put off the kids mm. to write because you can write at any age. You can have kids and you can't raise kids at any age. And you can't go to their six-year-old soccer game when they're 25, <laughs> when you now have time. Like you, you can't do that. So that is my big advice. Don't have the regret of putting something ahead of your family. Because almost anything else won't be as important. It won't give you as much joy. It won't make you as proud. But you can do all, you can pick that up at any time. It'll save you a lot on therapy down the road too. And them too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hold that, hold that family ball. Keep that family ball up. Keep it tight. Yes. Keep it protected. Yes. That's very nice. I like that so much. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Belinda. Uh, we'll, we'll share all of your social media and all of your websites and your books and all that kind of stuff. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Nick, for making this connection. And That's what uh, I'm here for. Bring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once every three years, bringing a guest. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> Uh, we like to say struggle on together at the end of our episodes, if you wouldn't mind saying it with us, Belinda. All right. All right. Here we go. Struggle on. Struggle, struggle on. on. Yes. Well, Brie, that was a great episode, right? I I learned loads. Like Nick can invite guests onto the show. It. And it's not always relying on me to do and there are people who like have put work out there, uh, not the kind of work that exists for uh, one second. Fleeting moments. Forever, yeah. I.E. not an improviser. Look, if you liked our interview with Belinda, you want to find out more about Belinda's work, you can go to our show notes at theconstantstruggle.podbean.com. We've got all of her links and all of her socials up there. If you like this episode and found it helpful, Share it around and maybe it'll help someone uh, else's artistic struggles uh, along the way. Yeah, that's true. You know what's cool? What I thought was really cool is that she did the own, her own art for her book. That's cool. 
It's a right? bonus. Like you get to do both now, right? It's like uh, not only do I write, but I also did the artwork for my cover. Mm, boom. You know? Yeah, and I mean, if you're an artist as yeah. well, which she is, then yeah, yeah, win-win. Yeah, maybe not so much if you're not an artist. No, because be if you're not, then you know what? You're helping an artist out because you you pay for their work to do that. That that shit ain't free. Yeah, go ahead, like, share, subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Good Pods. We're all over the place. You can follow us on Twitter at StrugglePod and like our Facebook fan page at the Constant Struggle Podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody, and struggle, struggle on. on.